Following on from the success of the Lionesses in Euro 2022, the role of females in football has been celebrated at national level. But now the dust has settled, it is time to reflect on that success, acknowledge the changes that have been made and look forward with hope to a bright future. This is the Progress with Unity podcast. Welcome to the PWU podcast. Thanks for the introduction there from Barry. Tonight, we've got a very special program where we have invited some absolutely fantastic female role models in football, both playing on the pitch and off the pitch to talk about some of their stories and experiences and hopes for the future on the back of the fantastic Euro 2022 win by the Lionesses just a few weeks ago. Let's just start with introductions. So first of all, we've got Ellie here. Yeah, Ellie, do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Ellie Duffy and I'm 11 years old and I play for Wigan Athletic under 11s and Exxon Girls under 11. Thanks, Ellie. We've also got Holly. Hi, I'm Holly Mason. I'm 13 years old and I play for Wigan Athletic under 15s now. Thanks very much, Holly. And we're delighted also to be joined by Sarah from Wigan Athletic. Hi, it's a pleasure to be. I'm Sarah. Uh, I am Head of Football Administration at Wigan Athletic. Thanks very much, Sarah. I think we'll start with that pride in the Lionesses because I think it's fair to say when I first met uh, Holly and Ellie, and we'll talk a bit, little bit more about that later on a few weeks ago, it was just before the first match that was going to be held in Lee. And I first met Holly and Ellie on an evening in Lee where we were celebrating the fact that the Lionesses were uh, coming to the Northwest and also that Lee was hosting the Euro 2022 matches. And I was absolutely astounded by their knowledge of the Lionesses. Ellie, did you go to any of the games? Yep, I went to the first one at Old Trafford. There was, it was literally a packed stadium and I've never seen a crowd like it at a women's game. And the stadium was literally full of people all screaming for the Lionesses to win. <laughs> Including you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think in the future you'd like to play in front of a crowd like that? Would you be nervous? Yeah, definitely. But I think I'll be a bit nervous knowing that all those people are watching you. It was fantastic, wasn't it? I know we took some of our school children to watch that uh, that first game. What about you, Holly? Did you get to any of the games? I didn't end up going to an England game, but I went to Netherlands v Portugal at Lee Sports Village. And what was the atmosphere like? It was good. Everyone was sporting different teams and I was an English fan, so I don't know. I didn't really... <laughs> Who did you support? I think I supported Netherlands. Do you think in the future you'd like to play for a team that has such a big following like that? Would you be nervous? Yeah, I think I'd definitely be nervous in front of like 80,000 people just watching at me every time I had the ball, but I definitely want to do it. And just going over to Sarah, was there any impact on... on uh... The men's game, has, it, has there been any discussions about the Lionesses' win at uh, at Wigan? We hosted the Belgian women's national team at Christopher Park. So it was really interesting to see how that worked because we actually had, it was just at the beginning of our pre-season. So we had both teams on. So it was actually a brilliant insight that obviously not only did we get to see the match preparations for a championship club, but also for a, a national women's team. And the setup they had was fantastic. It was so professional. 
it was almost beyond what I expected, actually. It was brilliant. So whilst I didn't get the opportunity to go and watch a game, we got to see the backroom preparation, which was an amazing experience. That's fantastic. How did the, I didn't know that. And how did the club get involved in that? Because if you've seen some of the press since the Lionesses won, you know, a couple of the ladies have said, you know, that clubs were a bit worried about getting involved and weren't keen to lend their stadia to the women's uh, teams. So how did Wigan get involved in that? There was a few local venues that I know of myself that we um, we were approached by the FA actually that they said obviously with Wigan and Lee being a host um, a host town that they wanted local bases around so the Belgian women's team most of their games were I think they had one at um, Manchester City's Academy they had one at Lee Sports Village. And I believe they had one at Rotherham. So they needed somewhere in the northwest as a good base. But we actually had four or five different teams come and have a look round. So they came, they initially did a video visit. So we showed them what the facility looked like. And then they actually physically came over and did, they did about a week or so looking at hotels, looking at different venues in the area and sort of each team had to bid. Now, yeah, we ended up with Belgian women's national team joining us, and obviously their first team men's manager being Roberto Martinez. We actually got a return visit to Christopher Park from Roberto Martinez, so it was nice to have that club connection in in the visit as well. That's brilliant. I was just going to ask, was there a connection to Martinez there? Definitely. Absolutely. Fantastic. So, so it's it's true to say that the Lionesses and the success of Euro 2022, and obviously hosting that in Lee, has inspired tonight's event. I just wanted to, before we talk about Holly and Ellie's story, I just wanted to mention how we met. I don't know how you got involved, girls, but I'm sure you can tell us. But basically, a few months ago, women across Lee and Wigan were contacted by a company called the Willow Project, We Are Willow. And they basically wanted to know our stories about being involved in football as females. And it was all to do with celebrating Euro 2022. And it was called Around the Match. And we were all summoned to Lee Town Hall to be uh, interviewed and photographed. And to be perfectly honest, I wasn't sure really the reasons why we were doing it I I just sort of said yeah yeah I'll get involved and then on that night in July uh, we all went down didn't we girls to watch the video and the stories of the ladies were unbelievable one lady I don't know if you remember Janet Ellie and Holly had her cap when she was capped by England and we could actually touch the cap the England cap uh, from I think it was in the 70s and 80s those ladies when the ban was first lifted they were some of the ladies that first ever played for England um, and it started off with sort of the first ever ladies cap for England and went all the way down to Ellie who at the time 10 year old Ellie the youngest young lady who just had amazing stories in football so if we just ask a little bit about girls about how you got involved in that project and what your sort of story was uh, about being a female in football with the Around the Match project. Holly, do you want to tell us how you got involved and what your story was? I, I played for Wigan and and then my auntie also, she she um, works for the council. So, like, she asked me to go down because she thought it was, like, an, a good event for me to get involved in and then it just all started from there, really. And how did you feel that night when uh, were you surprised to see all those ladies there with all the different stories? Yeah, some of the stories were like unbelievable. 
I know, I know. And we all got a fantastic shirt that if you come down to the Supporters Club uh, on Saturday, you'll be able to see uh, the specially commissioned lady shirts that we were given. Uh, And we all got to meet each other and hear these fantastic stories about football, including, you know, Holly, who is, whilst only 13, is already looking to become a lioness of the future. Is that right, Holly? Yeah. Who would you like to play for? Who would be your dream team? United, Manchester oh, United. Even at the moment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did all right last night, didn't they? They did okay last night. Okay, yeah. so we move on to Ellie. Do you want to tell us about your story, Ellie? How did you get involved in the uh, in the Around the Match project? Well, just coming out of lock- lockdown in October last 2021, I started a petition because girls in RTCs weren't allowed to play from age 8 to 16, but boys were because the girls weren't a class of the week. So I started a petition. It got quickly picked up by Newsbound. And I was on Newsbound straight for a whole week. And then I've been on Sky News and Sky News FYI and BBC Sport. And then to get involved in the project, I got asked to be on the project. And then it all just started from there. And what happened with your petition? Wasn't it something to do with the ages weren't classed as elite? Because boys can be classed from elite from the age eight. But girls have to wait until the 18 to be classed as a week. So it meant that they couldn't play during lockdown. And so what happened after you'd petitioned and been on all the major news channels? The FA decided to uh, make the decision to change it so that um, some girls providing this had health safety measures in place was allowed to play. Absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Sarah, what do you make of these two young ladies of the future? Oh, it's fantastic. It's it's really important that young women feel inspired to make that change and that they they want to set an example for for young girls younger than them. So, yeah, it's fantastic. I think both of their stories are brilliant and they're definitely worthy um, of joining the project. Oh, unbelievable stories. And, you know, so dedicated to a sport that, over the past few decades has, has struggled to be recognised seriously. I mean, the ban on women's football was only lifted in the 70s. And we met, didn't we, girls, uh, Liz D- Dayan, who uh, was one of the first ladies to play uh, play for England after the ban had been lifted. Um, have you ever had, girls, any... And I'm going to ask Sarah the same question as well. So we'll start with Sarah so the girls can have a think. Have you ever had any problems, challenges, being a female in football we'll start with Sarah personally I mean you met um so I have the pleasure of spending quite a lot of time with Brenda Spencer former Wigan Athletic CEO and she's she's certainly an inspiration to young women wanting to come through and be involved in the game now I don't have the same challenge as Brenda has it had in her time sorry that she explains that there used to be separate male and female boardrooms. So all the male directors would go into one boardroom and then all their partners and guests, they would have to go into another. There was quite an obvious segregation there. The challenges I face aren't as obvious as that, but it's a little bit sometimes of being underestimated. So a couple of examples that I can recall, um, about 12 months ago, I had a call from uh, one of the players' agents and it was it was just a general query that it was a little bit more complex than a normal query that they'd probably bring to me. But before I'd had the chance to answer them, they'd actually turn around and said, oh, I know you won't know the answer to this. And um, so if you can pass it on to the appropriate person, that would be fantastic. And kind of I had great pleasure in cutting them off and saying, 
actually, this is the answer you're looking for. And, and at the end of the call, he was, he was like, I'm so sorry. I've, I can't believe that I was really rude to you there. You didn't know what you were talking about and I just didn't give you the time of day. So although I got an apology, it's little things like that. The other one is, I'll not name the club, but I was one of the lucky people that was still able to go to games during behind closed doors or during COVID. And I went to this club and there was a gentleman steward outside of main reception. So as normal, I headed to reception and said, oh, I'm Sarah from Wigan Athletic. I'm, I'm here to collect my ticket. And I got, no, love, no, no, there's no ticket here for you. Um, I was like, no, no, there is. I'm with the visiting directors of Wigan Athletic. No, 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 you're mistaken. Wrong place, wrong place. So anyway, back and forth, someone must have seen through the reception door glass and seen that obviously I was trying to enter and said, oh, what's your name? Sorry. And I've got quite a distinctive surname. So I thought, oh, yeah, of course, I've heard that. I've heard that name. Yeah, yeah, your ticket's in here. And it was kind of a because I was young and I was female that he didn't think that I was part of the visiting contingent. So yeah, it's not necessarily as obvious as it was in times gone by where it was a physical segregation or very obvious sexism. It's more the underestimation of your ability sometimes because you are female and obviously quite young as well. Do you enjoy that part of the job, though, that you are, you know, underestimated sometimes and people don't actually realise that you are, you know, so pivotal to the running of a football club in the championship? Yeah, I mean... I like a challenge anyway. So to me, I've got quite a thick skin. It doesn't it doesn't bother me when people are like that to others. It, it possibly might. But I, I must admit, I, I like the I like the being able to prove people wrong side of it. So without being rude, obviously, always, always acting in a polite manner, but kind of saying, no, you, you, you underestimated me there. I'm, I'm better than you thought I was. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it is an interesting feeling. And so moving on to Ellie, what do your friends at school think about you playing football? Do you get any challenges, particularly from the boys? I'm often the young girl actually playing football on the playground. And I think other girls don't play because it's just all um, boys except for me. But I, I'm kind of grown up with it, so I'm kind of used to just being the young girl there. I think it would bother other people going into football and like maybe put them off playing football because there's not a lot of girls playing and it's considered unusual for a girl to play football. And I think as soon as we change that stereotype that girls can't play football, I think a lot more girls will actually play football because the boys won't put them off and say, oh, no, you can't play football. Do you ever, you know, just megs one of the boys just to, you know, just to show off and show them that you're better than them? Yeah, there's been a couple of times where people have said, oh, you can't play football, you're a girl. And I purposely just like megs them or <laughs> do a skill around them multiple times just to prove them wrong and say, actually, girls can play football. What do they think of you at school? Do they think you're a, you think you're a great role model for football a bit? Well, when I was on news round, it was a big shock to everyone because I'd not even I knew I was going to be on news round. And we watch it, used to watch it every day in school. So when I was came on, it like everyone thought it was really cool that was on news round. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to Holly now. Holly, how do you find playing football? Because you're in high school, aren't you? I played for a boys team about last season, but all the boys there, they wasn't really sexist because I've been there since I was about six years old, seven years old, so I like, kind of grew up with them. But when I'm playing against other boys team, they don't know me, so you can just like kind of tell 
that they think I'm bad because I'm a girl, but then you just like have to brush past it and then play the match. And presumably then you just show them, you know, that you're as good, good, if not better than them with your skill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. So, um, we're talking a little bit about uh, role models now, and obviously it's been a massive impact of uh, the success of the Euros on the on the on uh, Holly and Ellie. But as well, Sarah, you know what what made you want to work at a football club? What made you want to, you know, talk? You mentioned about agents before. It must be at times, you know, a challenging job. Some of these people, the business can be quite cutthroat, can't it? What made you want to be someone working at that level in football, in, in men's football? If I'm being honest, I kind of fell into it by accident. So I grew up watching my local team, Accrington Stanley. Um, and when I was in high school, at, in year 10, I think it was about age 15, they had a mandatory work experience programme. So every pupil in year 10 had to go to a workplace for two weeks just to get some experience of, of life after school, potentially for those that didn't go on to college and university. And I actually wanted to go to the FA and they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't take work experience children under, well, certainly under the age of 18. And so I ended up going to Accrington instead. And as much as I'd grown up loving football, I hadn't seen it as, as a career path, really. It's not something that when you go to careers fairs and when, obviously, like the girls, when they're growing up, they don't tell you, oh, these jobs exist for people that like football. It's very much a niche industry that you only know about it if you end up in it. I was very lucky at that point that the club secretary at Printon Mark, he took me under his wing, basically, and just, you know, I was 16 years old, I was studying my GCSEs. And he was showing me how to sign player contract and and how to do a loan and how to deal with yellow cards and red cards. And it was fascinating. And it was one of them things that when I left school, I made the conscious choice not to continue in full time education. I when at that point you were allowed to just basically get a job at 16 after you'd finished school. I was lucky that they offered me a full-time job and it just became my career path. So yeah, I, I fell into it by accident, to be honest. I don't think I could go back now and do a normal job because you have the the exciting element that it's your hobby as well as your job, so it doesn't feel like a job most of the time. And there, there are lots of roles, aren't there, within football clubs? You know, the job that you do is, like you said, very exciting, probably something different every single day. How many other do you know there are there a lot of other females in the same role as you? There's there's an increasing amount. There is more. Um, I think the particularly the executive role. So as well as doing my job, I'm part of the club's senior management team as well. So on that, there are two other women. So there's three of us in a group of about around ten, if I'm approximating. Now. I, I always find it interesting. So I was invited to the EFL Summer Conference. So that's the meeting where they, uh, they go through all the regulation changes and, and projects for the upcoming season. And myself and one of my good friends who works for Harrogate, we actually looked down the delegate list and a delegate list of 200 approximately. There were 16 women. <sighs> and it's, it, it, it's that reaction exactly that you go, wow. And then you... You think of it and you go, wow, I'm one of the 16 that's actually managed to break the stigma mm-hmm. and and get into this meeting. So, But if you'd have looked at that list 10 years ago, it had probably been two, three. Yeah. So it is improving, just not not as probably as quickly as we'd like it to. But it's all about 
shouting ever out that you know women can do these roles and it can be a fantastic experience like you said you your job becomes your hobby and your hobby becomes your job it's not just about because I know I, I loved football like you when I was a kid and at, at times I thought well I'll be a footballer but that, that was never a pathway for me but the same with me being you know the chair of the sports club I love doing that role and and it, it's it's not something that you know, I, it's not a chore. I really enjoy doing it. And so we we want to try and encourage more females to get involved in, uh, whether it be voluntary, whether it be playing football or whether it be career pathways in, in football like yourself, Sarah. So, yeah, thank you for that answer. So if we go to Holly, who are your role models, Holly, then? And, and you know, what, what do you want to do in the future? My biggest role model is uh, Ella Toon. She plays for Manchester United in England and that's obviously exactly what I want to be when I'm older. And she's in my position too. All right. Where do you play? Up front? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're a centre forward, are you? Yeah. Do you score a lot of goals? Um, Quite a few, yeah. yeah. Very good. What's your best sort of goal you've had this season or maybe last season if we've only just started the season? Well, we've not really started the season yet, but like I think it was last season or it might have been the season before, um, I scored from the halfway line and I thought that was pretty good. That's pretty cool, yeah. What Did you chip the goalie? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And what about you, Ellie? Who are your role models? My role models are probably um, Ella Toon, just like um, Holly said, probably and Russo, probably because um, Ella Toon is actually from Tildesley, which is yeah. in Wigan, so... Yeah. And she also plays at the same position as me. Oh, you're another centre forward. Two more future strikers. Can you remember what's your favourite goal that you've scored then if you're you're a centre forward as well? Once I did a, um, like a really long dribble and went past loads of players and got it in top bins. That's probably my favourite goal. Sounds like these two could be signing for Wigan in the future, Sarah. You need to get the contracts ready. I look forward to it. I know. And so that sort of brings us on to our final question really for everyone. And that is about the future of women in the game and and also women's football. Do you think, Kelly, that in the future there would be females that might even play in the male game? Do you think that there should be that opportunity for females or do you think it should always be separate? What do you think? I think I don't think women will want to play with the men's, but just like the men's are in the women's game, like managing, I think the women should be also have the opportunity to be either be refereeing or managing in the men's game, just like the men are in the women's game. So I think there should be that opportunity for them to manage, but I don't think they would want to play against each other. And there are, obviously, there are referees, aren't there? You know, there are officials, Sarah. Have you dealt with many female uh, officials at Wigan? Yeah, more so. Um, We've had Sean Massey a couple of times. We get the odd female assistant referee, so... We are noticing it is it is more frequent, which is a fantastic thing to see. I think the game needs more equality, both in terms of off and on the field. So, yeah, I agree with that. What about you, Holly? What do you think about uh, the future of uh, the female game? I think more like Ellie, yeah. I don't think men and women should play against... Well, sh- I don't think they'd want to, but um, men are like naturally stronger and faster. So I just don't think it um, will happen. But I think... I think women should manage like the men's game and ref the men's game and get more um, women involved in like the football at men with men's and women's. I think that's uh, definitely good aspirations for the future. 
So finally, what what advice would you all give? So there'll be young ladies out there thinking to themselves, oh, I want a career in football. I might be able to play football. I might just be interested in working in a club. What advice would you give them? What what things should they do in order to try and pursue those dreams? What do you think, Holly? Everyone has to start somewhere. So I, I wouldn't say don't be scared to start. Like, even if it's just a small club, you can build yourself up, or even if it's like a small refing course or whatever they want to do. That's a really good advice. Thank you. What about you, Ellie? What advice would you give them? I think just give it a go and don't listen to what anyone says, like saying you can't play football, you're a girl. Just do whatever you want to do and just give it a go and just don't listen to what other people say and think think about it. Thank you. And what about Sarah? What advice would you give if people want to follow a career in football? I'd very much echo what both the girls have said, that don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. We're, we are more than capable of doing as good, if not a better job than, than some of the men in the industry. Don't let people tell you you can't do it. You might have to shout a little bit louder than them to be heard, but definitely there are opportunities there and we need more women to challenge these stigmas and challenge the attitudes to create to build the pathway for more women to be able to play and and manage off the field brilliant advice from all of you thank you very much and sarah ellie and holly will be joined by a couple uh, more of our females in football uh, in the south stand supporters bar before the burnley game so if you would like to come and hear a bit more from them then please come and uh, join us before the burnley game this saturday uh, but what absolutely fantastic uh, role models for young women uh, going into football, both on and on the pitch. Absolutely amazing stories. And I'm so glad that I got to meet you those weeks ago. Uh, by chance, we took part in that project together. And Sarah, I mentioned earlier, you know, just gets on with her job quietly as head of administration at Wigan Athletic and the club uh, couldn't run without her input. So thank you on behalf of the Supporters Club and Supporters of Wigan for everything you do and have been doing uh, for for a good few years at Wigan. Uh, So thank you, Sarah. So that concludes the PWU podcast. I'll just hand back now to Barry to uh, finish us up. Thank you so much to Caroline for stepping in and hosting this episode. And what fantastic guests in Holly, LA and Sarah. (laughs) 